0: Sorry we're late. Feel feel awful about it.
1: That's all right, isn't it? It's nice to have a nice apology to start the show, with. We? we? should start more of the shows with an
0: apology. All I ever do in life is apologise anyway. Why not start the podcast with an apology? But I know we're usually out on a Wednesday and um, podcasts are people's routines. I'll be honest, I think maybe the only people, pe- reason people listen to this is out of habit. Mm. And we're, we're messing with the habit. Yeah, messing with their routine, so sorry about that. Um maybe maybe it's helpful, maybe we're helping you break the habit, although not helpful for us that. No, no. Yeah, we appreciate your habit. I just worry about how healthy it is really for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so we're late because I've had the lurgy. Um not the dreaded lurgy, I've just had allergy. And I know it's not the dreaded lurgy because, coincidentally, I I had a test. I went for my first ever lateral flow test. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, It is weird. That we just say lateral flow, that we all go, oh, yeah, a lateral flow test. Like <laughs> any of us have an idea what that means. The words oh, yeah. lateral
1: and flow don't seem don't... to have any place with tests, no. do they?
0: Which, which one did you go for? Oh, the lateral, f- oh, yeah, yeah, the mm. lateral flow. I went for the lateral flow because I was, um, I was working. I was doing a day job a couple of days this week, which meant I was going into a building and I thought I should probably go and get checked out, which I did. My lurgy, by the way, didn't have any of the coronavirus symptoms. To I know yep, you're supposed great. to go for the other test. Yeah, yeah. I don't even yeah. know what the other test is called.
1: Just the, the COVID test. Yeah, the regular yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, which jab do you want, by the way? You think you're an AstraZeneca kind of person? I don't know. Pfizer? My parents
1: have had uh, one of each. So I'll see how it goes with them and make Mixing my decision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That sounded quite heartless. I didn't mean it like that.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's weird, though, like, you know, that you would have an opinion on it. That <laughs> Any of us have got an opinion. Nobody understands anything and we're all walking around, you know, using these words like we do.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, salient points. Focus, Jeff. I've been feeling a little unwell not in a way that is consistent with any of the coronavirus symptoms. So, uh, uh, And I had to go and do a job in a building with people in it. So uh, coincidentally, I went for a lateral flow test and I got a text message saying that I'm fine. The process of going for a lateral flow test was an interesting one. Firstly, it was very easy to get an appointment. And in fact, when I got there, uh, there was nobody else there and all the people in the test centre were listening to young people's music really loud. Oh wow. Which wasn't great because then when I sat down at the testing in the testing booth the the woman was behind a Perspex screen and she was explaining to me how to take the test but I couldn't hear her. So after a, a couple of times of not being able to tell what she was saying because of the pumping music I I then got to that embarrassed thing where it's too many times to ask somebody to repeat themselves mm. without some kind of an explanation. So then I said, I'm sorry, it's just that I'm a bit hard of hearing. I'm not hard of hearing. <laughs> why did I use I, that all the time. Why did I say I was
1: hard? Why, why do we do that? It's because it makes it your fault, not their fault. You're taking yeah. all responsibility
0: away yeah, from them. Yeah, yeah. It's weird to think there is a kind of person who would say, I'm sorry, this music is just too loud. I can't tell <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think I want to be that kind of person either. No, of course not. No. No. Um, and then when I did it, I felt like a real amateur because you have to stick a swab up your nose and the first time I did it, some blood came out and then I was worried that she was would think that I'm a cocaine user, which I'm not. <laughs> I'm just prone to nosebleeds on account of my tiny nasal passages. Anyway, I haven't got it and whilst I was relieved to not have COVID, I did feel from that point onwards any sympathy that my wife had been showing me uh, regarding me not feeling very well just evaporated almost okay. like the only illness you can have that is worthy of sympathy is covid if, if it's not that then you know just get on with child care and don't mention it be right, stoic was
1: no interest right yeah.
0: so um so that was that now we should say this is our romantic episode because it's our last one before valentine's day which i think falls on sunday this year. Oh, I
1: wasn't saying it it's the romantic episode. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah romantic that you framed episode. it as such. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh do you know we want to know in, in what way it will be the romantic episode?
1: The fact that you're talking about Valentine's Day. Exactly. Briefly? That's that's yeah. it. That's exactly okay. that's
0: exactly it. Oh I don't know what to do this year. I do usually get sucked up in the um, commercialised nonsense that is Valentine's Day. I would usually buy a nice card from an independent boutique.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: maybe screen printed maybe handmade I, I don't know right. some, we're all
1: picturing the card Yeah, yeah. Some, something yeah. classy
0: yeah uh, but all these places are closed That when I've knocked around online I haven't found anything that really does the job the ones that the news agents are horrible even if I did get a card is it the responsible thing to be going out to post a Valentine's card to come back to you, your own house Hold on. so that it would seem anonymous? What? No, because you're supposed to... Aren't Valent- in a Valentine's card, you're supposed to be a secret admirer, aren't you? Isn't that the whole idea? Will you be my Valentine from your secret admirer?
1: Yes, but I thought everyone did what I did, was write their full name and address on the envelope and then draw a stamp, like hand-drawn oh. stuff, and leave it on the doormat. That's what I do. Okay,
0: that's what, that's what I might do, because I wanted okay. to try and throw her off the scent. Right. And then really challenge her about who her secret admirer is. (laughs) Get very, you know, sort of aggressively jealous. (laughs) (laughs) So romantic. Storm out. Oh, that's really dreamy. Um, Cite it in divorce papers. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how I'm going to convince her now without my usual means of of thinking that Mm. she has a secret admirer. I thought of maybe getting a stocking and putting it over her head and then sort of creeping into... The bedroom in the middle of the night and standing <laughs> over and waking her up. a secret admirer.
1: I, mean, I don't think. I don't think that's what secret admirers tend no. to do. Getting confused with stalker.
0: Yeah, phoning her from a withheld number. <laughs> no, but not saying anything because she'd recognise my voice. So just just breathing. No, you know, no, definitely not. No, I no, think so. Um, trying to think. Maybe I could start the day by putting a nice romantic song on on the speakers in our house. I could plug a speaker in next to the bed. And then beam some music to it for when she to wake her up. Maybe I'll tell you what, it's a very romantic song. Do you know that one girl I want to make you sweat? <laughs> <laughs> sweat till you can't sweat no more.
1: And if you cry out, I'm gonna make you sweat some more. Is yeah, that, that's is the that one. how it yeah. finishes? Yeah. yeah,
0: something like that, yeah. I'm out I'm out of ideas. I'm out mm. of ideas. Um, I have never received a Valentine's card from somebody I am not either uh, the son of, in other words, my mum, <laughs> or somebody I'm already in a relationship with.
1: Oh, I haven't either.
0: It's not fair. I really feel that other people got got cards from secret admirers and I never did.
1: But wouldn't it drive you insane trying to work out who it was? I don't think I could, I could handle that, like not mm, knowing.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, just, I think I, I would just like the idea that somebody admired me. Yeah. I'll tell you what, was weird to me. I was a DJ on radio for all those years and DJs famously, you know, pick up strange people who have crushes on them and, you know, imagine the relationship between listener and DJ to be more intimate than it is and maybe send weird stalky cards and presents and things or hang around at a distance. Never happened to me. I really? think ev- even those kinds of people realise there is something inherently <laughs> unattractive it's, I don't know I, th- I think just my, my presence on the radio, whatever that stereotype of a DJ being, hey ladies hi mm. you know, I used to know a DJ who did a late night show who paid house visits to listeners afterwards, no. but it, was, it was the 80s when this went on so it was a, right. you know, different right. times but I th- I think people just would hear me and I would have almost like a eunuch-like quality to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing. However, just to, just to round this off, um, it doesn't, it's not quite the same as having an admirer. And of course, who, who would, I, I, you know, I, I do feel, I do understand why I'm, I'd be nobody's crush. I do understand that. But, um, All that being said, something amazing happened to me on Monday. Oh, go on. Naga Manchetti told me that I had a nice chin.
1: You're joking. No. How did this happen?
0: (laughs) I mean, firstly, it is a real insight into what does and doesn't affect my self-esteem, just how much a difference this made to me. Right. As I said, I'd been feeling a bit poorly and i was a bit grumpy on top of it and it was like i was walking on air for 24 hours after it happened
1: perhaps i need to know is like, like i'm just so intrigued about why your chin was singled out tell us right
0: i was filling in on the afternoon show on bbc radio 5 live right nagamanchetti does the morning show
1: okay right so I get she now was why she, she was her. she
0: was on before me mm. now it being uh, the times that we're living through, there was no physical interaction. I was uh, in a studio on on the sixth floor. She was in a studio on the third floor, but we we each had cameras right. on us, so we could see each other on TV screens. It comes to that point at the end of her program where she hands over to me. Okay. She she says, "Jeff Lloyd, I." I've only ever heard your voice. I've never known what you look like. So straight away, I start apologising. I say, "Naga, it's 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 not nice." Let, let's be <laughs> honest. And she says, "No," and you and you are rocking a mustache now. As it happens, I, I have got an accidental mustache at the moment. Remember
1: accidental. last
0: w- remember last week, I was saying that I kept finding long bits of my beard and hacking it oh, yes. with scissors. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. didn't go well. Right, I looked like uh, I I was perhaps you know, uh, uh not not doing very well mentally. Mm-hmm. Had lots of gaps in the beard. And Sarah just said, you have to go and shave it off. It looks too insane. Oh, but why really? but why don't you leave the mustache? So I left the mustache and, and it's there while the beard grows back. Right. So I, I give Naga a shortened version of that story. Yeah. And she says, Well, I didn't know you were a beard wearer either. And let me tell you something, a lot of people wear beards to cover up a a weak chin or a a double chin. And she said, and you have a great chin. I'm slightly paraphrasing, but it was along those lines. But it was definitely a chin-based compliment from Nagamanchetti.
1: I would like to know how many other people have had their chins complimented. I can think probably only John Travolta. Like it's not something that people ever single out, unless it's like a spectacular one like John Travolta's. Bruce Forsyth? Oh yeah, you yeah, but would you mention that in a positive way? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah.
0: I don't know, but it, wow, that's it amazing! Really, it it has affected my self esteem like nothing else. Great, yeah.
1: Maybe you could have it turned into some artwork and like put above your bed or something. That's what I'm imagining now. <laughs> and then you can look at it every day.
0: Maybe I could send Nagar a picture of my chin.
1: No, 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 no. Stop. 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 <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. Stop. Now. <laughs> you, you haven't already done it. Have you sent a picture of your chin?
0: <laughs> Annabelle. Yes. Let's hear from our drifters, shall we?
1: Yes, let's. First one is from X, the X shanty singer. I've been thinking of sharing my story with you for some time, but have never felt the ability to peep out from behind the sofa until recently. This has changed because it concerns the current fad of sea shanties. Some years ago, before I recognised that drifting was a character trait to be embraced, swaddled up in a warm, fluffy blanket of self-containment, I thought that I really must make an effort to try and join the other humans in their behaviour. As I thought I had a reasonable voice, although nobody had heard it, of course, I thought I tried to sign to join a singing group and so gain confidence and become more sociable. I saw an advertisement for singers in a folk group specialising in sea shanties and plucking up all my courage went along for an audition. Now, how that went is another story, but the short of it is they were desperate for anyone with a pulse, so I was in. Fast forward a few years to my moment of horror. Shanty singing is a big thing in some parts of the continent. Yes, really. And the group had been invited to perform at a festival in Brittany. I'd learned some French at school. So what better, I thought, than to learn a French sea shanty. I'd actually seen a record in my local library that would do to learn from. So picked a jolly tune, practiced it with the other members of the group and was all ready to wow the natives. Who says the English can't speak other languages? I'd show them. On arrival at the festival, we found that the whole town square had been set up as the venue for the concert. A huge stage built, sound tower, lights, the whole works. It was a very big deal. Scary, scary stuff and much, much bigger than our usual audience. The day came, the sun shone, the square filled with people, old people, young people, happy families and their children enjoying the festivities. We went on, I did my song, we came off. I was elated that I hadn't forgot any of the words and was buzzing that I hadn't frozen on stage or hidden in the car park. Maybe my drifting had been cured at last. It was then that a man came over to me. He must have been connected to the organisers. He asked me if I knew what I had been singing and I said, yes, I did. I didn't think about it much at the time, but thought that he must have been impressed that as an Englishman, I knew the French nautical vocabulary in the song. Now, people make a mistake about French. They think it is the language of love. It isn't. It has far more rude words than English and more colourful ways of swearing than we've ever heard in this country. So while after the festival, I was thinking back to the conversation I'd had with the man and I looked in a specialist dictionary I'd found... Yes, you've guessed it. I stood on stage in front of several thousands of people, including grannies and little kids, and performed a particularly filthy, bawdy sea shanty using the most foul language imaginable. (laughs) I could have died on the spot. In fact, I still die a little every day just thinking about it. We were never invited back to that festival. I never told the other members of the group why, but I think (laughs) we all know. I left the group and cast myself adrift, happy in the knowledge that I could forget about sea shanties forever. (laughs) Until now. Thanks, TikTok.
0: (gasps) Oh, wow. I really think for Patreon supporters, we should um, try and at least get a translation of the lyrics that were sung.
1: Oh, I'd love to hear it. Maybe he could sing it for us too. Yeah, although that might, that might be too
0: big an ask that, mightn't it? Maybe,
1: maybe. Okay, and this is from Nina. The story from a university student last week had me laughing and cringing with such recognition. And It reminded me of my crippling anxiety at university 20 years ago. It was in the days when swipe cards to enter places were relatively new and I'd never come across such insanely futuristic technology. We were all issued with swipe cards to enter the library. You had to place the card face down and then the rolling barrier thing would admit you. Simple, huh? I felt such immense anxiety about using this system that I spent a week just standing in front of the library watching other people do it. (laughs) I was plagued with visions of my card not working and the barrier refusing to admit me while students backed up behind me, tutting and laughing at my ineptitude. When this happened in my head, I believed I would be recognised for years to come as the idiot who couldn't swipe a card, the failure who shouldn't be admitted to university, let alone the library. (laughs) I wondered if I could take out a loan on top of the student one to buy every conceivable book that I might need in three years, thus never having to enter the library. I could just go to every different bookshop in London and take notes on an ad hoc basis. Would a public library have a more relaxed admitting system? Could I use that and dispense with the university library filled with dedicated specialist resources just for me and kind of wing a degree like a literary transient? <laughs> I was new to London, though, and absolutely sure that the libraries there would all be too cool and sophisticated to admit just anyone without swiping an application for a visa and some kind of intelligence and attractiveness test. So I hung around the library for a month. A month, feeling like a man in a Mac hanging outside a children's <laughs> playground. I tried to adopt a look that suggested I was waiting for my beautiful French-speaking friends to exit the library so we could go to the Barbican and watch someone play a percussive instrument, and go and smoke <laughs> Golwazis and drink Perdo, whilst having stimulating and philosophical chat, before we went back to the student digs to massage each other. <laughs> I'm not sure what I hoped to gain by watching people swipe in and out for a month. I mean, once you've seen how the system works, there isn't much more to be gained, surely. <laughs> but no, I hung around there for a month waiting for my imaginary friends and knowing I had to enter the library at some point, we'll just leave university. And yes, one day I did it. Chose the moment, not too busy that when the alarm sounded and the intellectual police arrived, it would be witnessed by everyone. But not so quiet that when that happened, it would draw attention. Card down, Barris admitted me. Shaking and exhilarated, I wondered if maybe I could just now live in the library like Tom Hanks in that airport film, just lurk (laughs) in reading rooms and sleep in a tomb of books, never having to enter or exit again. Suffice to say, I trembled round the library, high on my success, and then left without doing anything. We then got notice of our login details for something called the internet and email, which had to be accessed in the computer room at the library and were a mandatory requirement of the degree. I left university two weeks later and I'm still paying off the student loan now.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, I really strongly, I mean, not strongly relate to, to doing it for a month, but just that <laughs> feeling of just trying to <laughs> suss out.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I love it. Um, send us your social ineptitude story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Shall we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult?
1: I'm going back in time to pre-COVID when a good friend of mine had bought as a birthday present to me a day trip to a spa. Now, it was for a weekday because it's cheaper. No judgment on my friend. Very generous gift still. And I've got an eight month old baby. So my mum has come up for the day to take care of him because Tom's at work. She's very happy to do this. She's a very doting granny. Slightly less happy that she's got to also look after the dog. She does call him her grand dog, but she is not a dog person. I can tell she can't really understand why dogs are allowed in the house when we keep things like goats and chickens outside. Like she, <laughs> she can't see the difference. Tiny bit of background about my friend. I've known her for about 15 years. She was the girlfriend of a male friend of mine, but they broke up about seven years ago. I'm still good friends with both. My friend comes around the night before to stay over. Then she's going to drive us to the spa the next morning. When my mum arrives, I just quickly take the dog out for a walk so my mum doesn't have to worry about him. And my friend stays at home and she's got got a bit of work to do. And she's met my mum quite a few times before, so it's not awkward for either of them. When I get back, though, there is an awkwardness and my friend's eyes are very wide and communicating mild trauma. But I have to wait until I get in the car until I hear the story. So there's been some polite chit-chat between the two of them, starting off just talking about my son. I'm guessing just about how amazing he is and what else is there to say. And then my mum says to my friend, and how old is Lenny now? Now, there's a big problem with my mum saying this. Firstly, my friend doesn't have a son called Lenny. Secondly, she doesn't have a son or actually any children at all. And thirdly, her ex-boyfriend does, however, have a son with his new wife called Uh. Lenny. My mum seems to have got confused and thought they were still together and that my friend was the mother of my other friend's son. My friend, understandably, is initially very taken aback by this question and reacts it by saying, I've no idea. Which <laughs> my mum is insane because as far as she's concerned, she's <laughs> asked her mother how old her child is and she's replied saying she hasn't got the faintest idea. Luckily, my friend is quick thinking, realises what has happened and to save my mum being embarrassed by this terrible faux pas. Nad decides she has to play along, but she's not actually immediately sure how old Lenny is and the pause is getting too long. So she thinks aloud and says, well, his birthday is in May, so he must be, I think, just over one year old. <laughs> my mum seems to accept this as an answer, which is weird as parents with babies this age are so precise. They still talk about ages in months. <laughs> and my friend, fearing more questions that she's unable to answer, changes the subject. So I get told all this in the car on the way to the spa and I'm mortified for both of them. But I also have a big decision to make. Do I tell my mum the truth and leave her feeling mortified that she made this mistake or just leave her thinking my friend didn't immediately know how old her son is? (laughs) Eventually, I decide the latter is worse because I'm also fascinated as to how she got this so wrong. So I told her her reaction, zero embarrassment, none at all. She was just confused as she hadn't realised that my male friend had got married to someone else, just that he'd had a baby called Lenny. Honestly, if this has happened to me, if I made that mistake, it would be a walk into the sea and keep walking kind of situation. (laughs) Like, that would be it.
0: (laughs) So basically you're saying being being a drifter isn't hereditary.
1: No, no, but my dad, who, who overheard this, was mortified for my mum and looked like he was about to drive to the seafront and do the seawalking for her. So <laughs> I guess I get it from him.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? We have reached an exciting point in the podcast because it is time not only to talk some more about the hierarchy of mugs. What is more exciting than that? Well, I'll tell you what. We've had some jingles sent in Mm. to introduce this. So shall we listen through to some of them?
1: Let's do it now, yeah.
0: Okay, this first one comes from Lizzie Mannion. What mug is this? What mug is that? What mug are you going to find out? I really like that. I love it. I haven't listened I will say I haven't listened to any of these in advance because I wanted to be surprised on the podcast. And straight away that is a very high bar that Lizzie has set there. Um great voice. But Lovely also voice. the ukulele. I mean, what is a happier sound than a ukulele? Maybe a steel drum, but um I mean, I'm not saying, Lizzie, really, you should have overdubbed a steel drum. It's, <laughs> far, it's great with just the ukulele. Uh, but that that's that's fantastic. No explanation in the email. It's just there as an attachment. But mm-hmm. I think a very strong opening gambit.
1: Excellent, yes.
0: The next one comes from Steve, Cycling in the Northeast. East, who it's, he hasn't made the jingle, but he has a suggestion. Mm. He says, just a quick idea for a mug chat jingle to the tune of Love Shack, Mug Chat, this is Mug Chat, Mug Chat, this is Mug Chat. Says, I'm not tech savvy enough to actually make the jingle for you. Uh, Long time listener, occasional emailer, never considered myself a drifter. And in fact, listening to a drifter's made me see drifters in a different light and stopped me (laughs) referring to them inwardly as nutters. So a drifter's (laughs) turned me into a better human being.
1: (laughs) That's great. Oh Steve. I mean I, I, I,
0: I, I uh, thank you for your suggestion. Thank you for your candor. I think we would struggle <laughs> to um we'd we'd struggle to get the rights from the B52s, wouldn't we?
1: And we we'd need that we'll be okay. I can I see I can so. see where you've come from. It would sound good, wouldn't it? But yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Um Okay, Lee Jackson says, Dear Adrift, I'm so bored I've made a totally original mug chat jingle. I thought it would blend into the mood of the moment in its style, Uh, uh, so I've penned and performed a mug chat sea shanty. It took me over an hour to work out how to make a pirate drum noise. Bear in (laughs) mind this is 15 seconds long. I can't wait. Here here we go. The sails are up. We sing this verse The stove is lit To break our thirst Be your ship Your sailor It's time to talk Of all things Mug Mug chat (laughs) Firstly I don't know where Lee No way of um, Sorry No way of telling Where Lee is from I really hope That is his accent (laughs) That's really I think there is A level of production Has gone into that Yeah That is is very impressive
1: Yeah Yeah It's very good
0: Okay. Uh, right, okay, next, next one. one comes from... This is from, difficult. It is difficult. Here is, um, this is a, an old friend of ours, Shauna Winterbottom, who's been with us a long time. And uh, Shauna says, well, I'm going to have this in my head all day now. So here we go. <laughs> mug chan, who you drinking out of? Mug chan, that one's for tea. And mug chan. which one's your favourite? Mug chan. That was a gift, so I'll have it forever. Mug chat, mug chat, mug chat with Annabelle and Jeff. Firstly, I I now want to go and see Shauna in Cabaret. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, was that? Is that a is that a tune that we know? It wasn't. Yeah, da, da, da. was it? Did she make it up herself? I, I don't, don't know. know.
0: I, I don't tell. know. I wish you, you feel like you've just put me in an awkward position now. Mm, mm, mm. Because if it is a tune, we should know. Yeah, the suggestion is that the rendition of it was uh, done in a style that rendered it unrecognizable. I would say, in the style of Louis <laughs> Walsh from the X Factor, though, Shauna, you made it your own.
1: Well, there we go. you yes. know what
0: this feature is all about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you like, you like a little Barbara Streisand.
0: Well, I thought there was almost a touch of Marilyn Monroe singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, yeah, in it as well. Yeah, yeah. I very much enjoyed it. I, I also, I think I would watch, I don't know if it would be a TV series, a musical, a YouTube series, which was just somebody talking us through their mugs, through the medium of song.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah.
0: Okay, one more. Okay. This comes from Andrew Evans, mm. who says... Here is a quick jingle I made for Mug Chat. He says there's a version with a creepy voiceover and one hmm. without. Uh, I'm very strongly of the opinion then we should listen to the one with the creepy voiceover, right? Agreed. Totally okay. agreed. Here we go. Mug, <speaking> mug, 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 chat, 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 Mug, mug, mug Chat. Mug, mug chat. chat. Mug chat. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
1: <laughs> oh, I really like that
0: one. I'm amazed. The harmony It's really, it's really right, good. Reminded me of a bit of Oh uh, um, Superman by Laurie Anderson. But I mean, that's astonishing. I really like that. I think the standard is So high. It's high. Yeah, so and good. Here's the problem with it. Mm. We're not comparing like for like. No, no everybody's gone in a different direction with it. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very hard. They're all brilliant. Mm. I mean, I don't see why we couldn't just rotate them.
1: But that's just thinking. I mean, how long is this going to go on for? So, like, just, <laughs> <laughs> like let's be honest about it. But, like, why can't we just, you know, use them all? I think we should use them all.
0: Yeah, okay. They're all going into rotation. Brilliant, I, I, brilliant. I enjoyed that. Um, thank you, everyone. I'm so, good. so impressed. As we said this last week, I thought, Oh, God. Now we're just going to have to be polite about these things, but they, I thought they were all great. They were, yeah, in their own way. Well, shall we then move on to the uh, the mug yes. chat then, the hierarchy of mugs?
1: Well, are you going to play one of the jingles like, to get it going?
0: Now you just put me in an awkward position. Because, oh right. Um, okay. Well, wh- why don't we uh, why don't we go back to to Lizzie to begin with then, and okay. uh, then we'll work our way through them. So yeah, yeah. What mug is this? What mug is that? What mug are you gonna find out? range as well of lizzie's voice i know i was thinking of singing along but there's no way i could get to that that high (laughs) note there um all right so what what have we got what further information on people's hierarchy of mugs do we have
1: So hi Baron Barnaby says, I find this talk of spouses and partners using each other's favourite mugs leading to envious resentment and domestic disharmony quite strange. Despite living together for well over a year, my girlfriend and I have strictly maintained separate shelves in the cupboard for our distinct mug collections. Hers, mostly attractively patterned china, and nice sunny ones from jewels bearing pictures of festive Dutch hounds. On the top shelf... And mine, predominantly chipped souvenir mugs from West End shows, remember those, and Mm. one displaying a pleasingly incongruous Nigerian beer advert from the 1970s down below. We've combined our collections of books, bed linen, glassware and DVDs. But when it comes to mugs, never the twain shall meet. I can highly recommend it as a surefire path to domestic bliss. There we go. Amazing. Oh, he also says when it comes to mug hierarchies, Absolutely not. The guilt would be too much. The very idea that some poor mug would might be left, feel, left feeling, might be feeling left out, languishing at the back of the cupboard. So I cycle through them all, giving them fairly even attention. Yes, even the generic green from Morrison's. I work, of course. Things are different. It's moomin' Papa or nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the way that he is approaching the mugs, like we are approaching the mug chat jingles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) very interesting. I'd be very curious to hear if there is anybody else in a relationship who has this clear delineation of mugs like that.
1: Yeah. Different shelves, completely separate.
0: I mean, I would like to introduce that into. Because I think my wife doesn't like a lot of my mugs. I think she doesn't really like my Moomin mugs. Really? And that is primarily what we have in the house. I think. If there was to be some kind of accident and they all got shattered, I think she would secretly be pleased.
1: No. Yeah,
0: this is my is suspicion.
1: She, does she? What does she bring to the mug table? Has she, has she got
0: many of her own? No. she. So she didn't bring any mugs to the relationship, but of the ones <laughs> we've acquired, she tends to like a very neutral, tasteful mug.
1: Right.
0: Okay. I Something think my movement mugs are tasteful, but they're not neutral. Mm. Right, no, no. She won't let me have my Moomin mugs out because we do have a shelf where all the glassware and crockery is, like a big Welsh dra- dresser, and she won't let me have them out because she thinks they, they it makes the kitchen look uncluttered, uh, makes it look cluttered.
1: But some of her tasteful mugs are left out, are they?
0: E- well, over the years... Mm. So when we first moved in and we did the kitchen up nice, she would have, I think, a grey mug, like a, an egg shelly, uh, what do you call it, a duck egg blue mug right. those that kind of palette right. a yeah, few yeah. out and mine weren't allowed because it you know made the right. kitchen look like an explosion in a rainbow factory yeah. <laughs> right right yeah was
1: very interesting to me yeah
0: yeah so would that solve it mm. i'm not sure maybe not uh, so
1: ros says that she she's written and she says she has very strict rules regarding the diameters at the top and bottom of the mug which must be very similar her worst nightmare is the latte glass very wide at the top plus made of glass, plus that tiny handle right at the bottom mm, that you can barely get mm, a finger into. Mm, 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 mm. She also says that she cannot use mugs whose insides are not white or at the very least a pale colour they cannot be drunk from and a mug with a black inside is completely unacceptable. Thickness is also important. She says too thin or too chunky and everything will be ruined. And she goes on to say, last year I just started a new job and was meeting up with my boss for the first time since the interview. We were in the office kitchen and she offered me coffee. I said, yes, thanks. Then watched in horror as she withdrew from the cupboard what can only be described as a horror show of a mug. (laughs) As I barely knew her, I should have just kept my mouth shut and quietly sweated as she made the coffee. But I couldn't stop myself and I said... Oh, sorry, I don't think I can drink out of that one. <laughs> 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 then rubbish around in the cupboard for a more suitable option before handing it to her. Luckily, lockdown happened shortly after and I haven't had to see her in person since. Wow, it being so bad that you've had to, like, say no to. That, that, that really is something. Yeah. And then a few things about how the look of the mug might affect the taste. Supreme Countess Sarah says, my dad will not drink out of a blue mug as he says it makes the tea go go cold quicker. I have no idea <laughs> if there's any scientific basis to this and I've never met anyone else who does this. Is this a thing?
0: I do understand not wanting to drink out of a dark coloured mug, even though mm. I will I will do it. I do understand that there's something slightly different about it.
1: Lorne and Williams says, my favourite mug is my I Smell Snow mug. This is the second incarnation of the mug as the first cracked. I bought it when I went to the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest a few years ago. It's a lovely mug for tea and I actually feel bereft if I have to use a lesser mug. The worst mug is a beautiful big Cath Kitson one brought whilst on holiday, whilst on honeymoon in Bath. Nothing tastes good in it. If my husband brings me tea in it, I will go and tip it into a different mug. I can't throw it away because it's pretty. It was the only thing I could afford in the shop, and I was obsessed by the brand at the time. This is very interesting to me. Nothing tastes good in it. She says. No, I, I
0: understand what what she means. I used to go around to a friend's house, and they had very rustic. I don't know if this is the same sort of, like very thick. Mm, yeah. Uh, the the pottery was was very thick, and and the mugs were too big at the bottom, and I, I never really enjoyed drinking out of those. I also don't enjoy drinking out of a mug that has any sort of extra bits sculpted onto it. You know, like maybe a duck's beak sticking out of it or something, you know? uh,
1: (laughs) Why does that affect the taste? It does, it ruins it. it. Almost like a
0: Toby jug. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Well, um, keep those coming in, please. Uh, let us know about your hierarchy of mugs, which mugs do you have in your kitchen? How did you acquire them? And in what order do you drink out of them? Any other mug preferences? Uh, we're, we're all about your own hierarchy of mugs in this section of the podcast. So please um, keep telling us about yours. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. The sails are up, when we sing this verse. The stove is lit to break our thirst. Be your ship, your sailor, chug. It's time
1: to talk of all things mug. Mug jacks.
0: Yar! Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in
1: Problematic. Annabelle? Okay, Rachel writes, I work as a consultant and there's a guy at one of my clients... So there's a guy as one of my clients who regularly uses the phrase et al when he means etc or in uh. fact where a full stop would do. It's been going on for months and happens in virtually every email he sends. For example, one he sent this morning included the line, "I'm unable to attend the meeting today, but Bob has kindly agreed to take actions et al." And one last week said, Jim and I had a catch up today and I'm happy to help progress et al. As he's a client, I can't correct him. And obviously being a drifter, I wouldn't anyway. However, it's becoming urgent now as we're working on a project where a third company is involved and he's doing it on emails to them too. So now I'm worried that they'll think that I also don't know how to use the phrase properly because I haven't previously corrected him. <laughs> how can I make it clear that I do in fact know how to use the phrase properly without actually having to take any direct action? Is there some sort of passive aggressive aside I could make?
0: Hmm, That is uh, that's an interesting question. Are you familiar with Adam Curtis? I'm aware of him. Yes, he Not is familiar. F- aware in case uh, in case people don't know who I mean. He's a filmmaker. He's just got some new films out on the BBC iPlayer called "Can't Get You Out of My Head," and he makes these very quite. Mm, I don't know if "intense" is the right word. They certainly make your brain very fizzy. They set the neurons in your brain fizzing, and they are usually ideas. Pol- uh, films about ideas. Uh, from seemingly unconnected things that he pulls together to sort of advance an argument about like where we are in society or civilization, you know, different aspects of it uh, in every given time. I've not done a very good job of explaining that, I don't think, but um, they're, they're films about big ideas and they are cut to really great music and um, incredible footage and it sort of creates a mood while he as the voiceover tells you about these very sort of interesting ideas underpinning society and there we go i think i think i've done an okay job Mm -hmm. just as an aside um i interviewed him last week this does this is going to come back to the quandary okay okay good (laughs) i know it sounds like it won't but uh just bear with me i interviewed him last week so i had to watch previews of four of these films and i thought they were just incredible and i love them as i tend to his work sarah who had never seen any of his films before watched the first one with me i turned to her at the end of it and i was like so ready to talk about what i'd just seen and she had such a face on her and she she just thought it was terrible she said it reminded her of you know if you ever go to a modern art gallery like the tate modern or something like that and then there is the occasional room where they're showing a film our and covered. you might think, oh yeah, well, okay, well we get to sit down for a minute. But then you're sort of saying to the person you're with, can we st- after a minute? Do you think we can go now? You know, how long do we have to she, she thought his films were just like his film was just like that, but I I think he's he's brilliant, but I don't know if he's somewhat of an acquired taste or you know, if perhaps he's gotten a little less concise with time um and maybe this isn't the best entry point. But anyway, I think he's a genius. The reason I mention it is we interviewed him on the other podcast last week. And the way we do these interviews at the moment because of social distancing is everybody's on a Zoom call, but we get them to record their end on their phone as well. So we've got a backup file still with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So at the end of the interview, our producer asks him to email us his backup file so we can use that. hmm. So he does this, but he does it through an anonymous web service. Where his name isn't on it at all, it just says, Someone has sent you a file.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, my suggestion is you use something like one of these anonymous web services. I could probably even find out what it's called for you, where it could just say, Somebody has sent you a file, and that file could be the dictionary definition of how to use et oh. al. Uh.
1: And then, and where you might use, etc., like in the more appropriate terms. So it could just be yeah, completely yeah, anonymous. Yeah, the difference between et al.
0: Yeah. Oh, and but doesn't it break
1: your heart to think of him breeding that? I feel a bit heartbroken of him. Like,
0: well, it's the, it's the old thing, isn't it? Would you rather somebody tell you your flies are undone, or walk around with your flies undone?
1: Uh, it's how you're told, isn't it?
0: Exactly. And I think this might be a kind. Maybe you could put from a friend, a well wisher.
1: Is there a way of doing it that suggests that you haven't noticed, but he'll pick up on? Because what you want him to do is to think that nobody's really noticed, but you now know how to do it correctly. So, for example, maybe Rachel could write an email where she uses the et al or etc in the correct way and hope he picks up on it. Mm,
0: I, I think... Is that too heavy? I, I think it, well, I just don't think he would. I don't think he's... I think, Mm -hmm. what about get on a Zoom call with him and somebody else? You use et al incorrectly on that Zoom call and Mm. then pre-plan for the other person to scream at you that you're a moron and you're misusing it and don't you know the difference between et al and et cetera?
1: That's quite a good idea.
0: That's a good idea. I I think, I I really think this file mail was a good (laughs) idea. That's what it's called, File mail.
1: Fine, okay. Otherwise, okay.
0: it just sounds like I told a really long-winded <laughs> no, 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 no. anecdote about Adam Curtis for no reason at all.
1: But I'm interested in that this exists.
0: It's so weird. It just mm. said the subject, someone has sent you a file.
1: I'm going to send all my emails through it now to creep everyone out. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, Interesting. It does okay. seem a little counterproductive when we know it's from him, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, maybe I could use this to solve my Valentine's Day quandary.
1: Yes, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. okay, perfect, perfect. Okay. And is, there, is there? Go on. Sorry, I think we haven't quite solved Rachel's problem, though she's, we've given her plenty of options. Yeah. but we've sold yeah, your yeah. Valentine's Day problem. Yeah, so okay. okay. And what so else? Let's move on to it's another Rachel, Rachel Etherington. I moved back to Australia, having lived in the UK and the US for a while. I'm British by birth, irrelevant in some ways, but maybe helpful in knowing that I can cringe with the rest, with the best of them. With all the moving about, I do have to have a regular clear out, which I did a couple of years ago. Now, I just received the following message on LinkedIn. For a bit of background, James used to be a friend slash personal trainer, and I had a drink once or twice with Justina, his wife. This is the message. Oi, I found that book Justina got for you, Signora Da da Vinci, on a charity bookshelf in Winchester. I know it's for you because it had a personal message to you from Justina written in the front of it. Judging from the unbroken spine, I'm guessing you never read it. I bought it. If you'd ever like to read the message from Justine just dustina to you and read the book let me know i'll drop it off somewhere for you next time i'm visiting friends in the winch best wishes (laughs) kiss james i am mortified what do i do or say say it was an accident adopt the port protocol and pretend i didn't see the message get him to drop it over to my parents who still live in the uk what do you think
0: I'm, i'm leaning towards port protocol I there think. is
1: something in the message that is lighthearted, almost yes, like yes, he finds yeah, it yeah. funny to some yes. extent. Like it must have been quite funny to find it and then find the message and like that. You know, it is, it is funny.
0: <laughs> so, what would you do?
1: I think take it as he's being funny and send something back on in on the same wavelength as that. I don't know what you have to think for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a bit mortifying. I have, this has sort of happened to me, but the other way around in that I was the James and that I bought my boyfriend's mum a book for Christmas. Um, and then she then gifted it on to her daughter. And I don't know it was the same book and it had been unread. What did I do? Nothing. Of course, you do nothing. So really, are. James, James is at fault here. He shouldn't have said anything. But I do think there's a lightness of touch. And I think the oi, others, the kiss. I don't. There's something about it that suggests to me that he's a, he's sort of might be a bit joking.
0: I hope so. So are you suggesting to deploy banter? I never thought. Yeah,
1: I do a bit of banter You want
0: some bants?
1: Yeah, I do some LinkedIn bants. I've never used LinkedIn. <laughs> I do some LinkedIn bants and I'd say, oi, James. You can keep that rubbish book. I I thought no one would find it in that charity shop. No thanks. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I'm not freaking at panther. No, no, no. Never never your strong suit. (laughs) And that was this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a social dilemma, if you know what the you eti- need to know what the etiquette is uh, for a situation you have found yourself in, maybe with some regularity, then uh, email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. You can um, also use that same email address for more on the hierarchy of mugs for our mug chat feature and please your stories of social ineptitude. Thanks to Man in the Echo for the back of music to Emily Harrison for the incidental music Carla Gowlett for the photos Kim Rainey for the artwork and I'll finish this week by uh, with uh, what was my favourite line from this week's podcast I think it might have been uh, I'm sorry I don't think I can drink out of that one publication time this comes from melbourne uh not not all of them just uh, dominica in melbourne are you watching married at first sight australia annabelle
1: no i'm very annoyed because tom won't watch it so i'm waiting for a night when he goes out which will be i do not know 2023 and then i catch up um sarah's but yeah, become to...
0: obsessed with it it's very good um, I'd say she's about halfway through it at this point. I watched the first few, and then because I've been working, I've had to drift in and out. Mm. It's very well cast. Some of those people should not have passed the psychological profiling to be allowed onto television, which of course makes it good viewing, even though we'll all judge ourselves very harshly when the day of reckoning comes. Mm. Um, there's one of them called Innis, who is one of the most, the strangest and. Uh, most watchable people i've ever seen on on tv okay oh i am desperate to see it but maybe dominica is is too highbrow really to have um to have watched that i also think we're watching it now in the uk in 2021 i think this series was on in australia in 2019
1: oh okay long time ago i think
0: you'll love it i think you'll really love it i will i know i will there's loads of it you know that
1: How many series?
0: Well, I don't know about how many series, but we started watching it the other day and I think we thought there'd be maybe 10 episodes of this series that everyone's talking about. I think there's more like 35.
1: Oh, wow. And they're
0: all an hour long.
1: Well, I know I'm going to like it because I've seen every single episode of the British one and the American one. So
0: it's very much my kind of thing. My my impression of it... So I haven't seen any of the American one, but the British one had something quite sweet about it i always felt
1: mm, yes
0: um whereas this feels more love islandy in terms of how it's mm. produced and the drama okay. and they all kind of they're all mixed together as well the different and on the british one i feel like it just showed you individual couple stories and then that resolved whereas yes. this one they're sending them all on nights out and they're all living in a block of flats oh okay Very yeah. Different. yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, okay okay anyway oh podication i should mention as well this this is how much our backlog is this was sent a year ago for some context of what she's saying um so the the, the ones that aren't asked for a particular date there is a backlog of a year at the moment
0: <laughs> but if you ask for a particular date it gets yes. fast-tracked
1: straight away
0: yeah okay
1: so sorry just, if you're still waiting and this is taking ages, isn't it?
0: I just can't, I think, why are we still doing it? Why, why are we even doing this? There is no way Dominika is still listening, is there? Well, no,
1: but this is, this is good. So I'll, I'll email her and then she'll like, listen, come back in for uh, one podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah, <this> was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And then she's like, why did I ever listen to that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Dominika says, Hello. Hello. I I would like to dedicate a podcast to my wonderful friend, Danielle. Danny introduced me to this podcast perhaps a year ago, and I'm slowly making my way through the back catalogue, as well as recently becoming a Patreon. Oh, that's nice. she says, I've recently uh, just returned from a weekend away, staying with Danny in Sydney, where they have just received the most annual rainfall in over 20 years. Wonderful news for the bushfires, but that obviously means lots of flooding. At one point, there was so much rain that it started to seep in under Danny's front door and then up through her floorboards. Wow. Gosh. So weird, isn't it? Like that, th- Those bushfires of just over a year ago were one of the most mm-hmm. dramatic things we'd seen and everybody was talking about... You know, the climate emergency and then COVID came along, and it all feels like such a long time ago. But it was, it's,
1: I feel like we're getting well, we are getting an email from the past, but it just feels like such a world away, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, strained.
0: yeah. Um, in true drift of fashion, I felt somehow responsible for the acts of Mother Nature, and so it only felt fair that I ended up stranded and sleeping on the floor of the airport when, after many delays, all outgoing flights were cancelled. Danielle is such an amazing friend, I'll miss her terribly when the day comes that she moves to England permanently, although what a perfect excuse it will be to fly over for any and all special events. Thanks so much, Dominica. in uh, in Melbourne. Well... It's great to it's great to hear from you. If you are still with us, thank you for sticking with us. If you mm. have just dipped in for this podcastation, sorry, we ended up disappointing you and you stopped listening. But you know, I understand that, that it's an inevitability. Really, mm. at some point in all our lives, yeah, you just go off things, don't you? You do. You can never think, you think why why did I ever like that in the first place? But yeah, maybe I'm doing us down here, Annabelle. Maybe both Danny and Dominica are still in with us and have been throughout this weird year who knows yeah maybe we've been some kind of comfort like a a comfort blanket like uh, i was saying before just a habit Mm -hmm. that is deeply embedded um well there we go latest edition of the podcast podicated from danny to dominica if you would like a podication then email us um but you really might want to put a date on it if you don't want to wait a year um it's hello at adriftpodcast.com